What's going on, everybody? It's yours truly, Mr. Marvel, here on the Horny Goat YouTube channel and the Horny Goat Podcast Network on this installment of the Marvel Roundtable. We take a look at one of the most controversial or least polarizing Marvel Studios films in recent memory, one that have a lot of fans saying this is one of the worst MCU films. But is that really the case? We're going to dive in and take a look at the origin of the uh, Celestials, the Deviants, and, of course, the Eternals, right here on the Marvel Roundtable. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Marvel Roundtable right here on the Horny Goat YouTube channel and the Horny Goat Podcast Network, where, of course, you can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. It is the Marvel Roundtable, where we go each and every single, uh, well, not every single week, but almost every week, where we dive into each and every single show and movie in the MCU. Uh, we are deep into Phase 4 now, and we are uh, now in the third feature-length film, uh, one that has had a lot of polarizing opinions about it, which we'll get into uh, as Basement so eloquently quoted at the very beginning before we hopped on here he goes i have some things to say and that's that's i think a very accurate uh way to kick things off but of course i'm not alone i'm joined with by the wonderful tattooed mama herself heather how are you heather i'm okay <laughs> it's gonna be all right it's gonna be good and everyone's favorite bear from upstairs canadian basement and i got a story because i'm in recovery here <laughs> Uh, you're in recovery <laughs> uh, for different reasons last night i was like okay I, I went to go get myself a snack and i had these two brownies left um they were in like non-discreet packaging because i'd thrown out the box uh -huh. anyways i ate these brownies mm -hmm. and everything was fine they weren't yeah, weed brownies or anything right. like that they weren't weed brownies or anything like that but today Aww. I got. A, I realized that they are like yeah, the brownies that, that contain a huge amount of fiber. <laughs> no, no. The fiber one bars. Oh man! And I have also eaten like a lot of vegetables and shit. I my asshole is worn out, man. Like I like. I, I wish I had one of those rings to sit on. <laughs> the donut. I can't. I came here. Like I, I went to sit on my couch to be like, okay, it's time to do the Marvel Roundtable, and I had to do like the pregnant fucking sit down, <laughs> where you stick your stomach out and like slowly lean down on your ass. Yeah. Oh my god, it's it's finally like okay, but oh, and then I was watching this on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, I, so I, I, like, love, uh, I love how this movie is going to now be associated with your fiber intake from going forward. So, oh my so, when, God. so if the sequel, if the sequel intake. rumor is true, then there you go. If there's some fiber. I mean, it's, it's the, the, the problem isn't like, I'm not saying the movie is shit. That's not the equation I'm saying. It's the movie <laughs> is fucking 17 years long and I'm sitting the whole time on my burnt out asshole. It's about as <laughs> scorched earth. It's about as long as the, uh, <laughs> basement's uh, basement's butthole pain is about as long as uh, the Eternals been on Earth, which is I, I believe somewhere clocking around five thousand years. Which, 
Yep, that, thousand. It's about, I just watched it. <laughs> it's, it's about that. Uh, of course, we want to encourage everybody to join us uh, live here on the channel, youtube.com slash hornygoat. Let us know your thoughts about the Eternals movie because, like I said, this is one of the most polarizing ones in recent memory because there's been a lot of split decisions. Uh, but this one, more split reactions to this film, but, but the big one, usually a lot of people lean towards... Uh, there we go. There's Trex Burp. The negative... Uh, on this one saying it's not that great, which we'll get into, and I, I can, without getting too much into it, I can see why. I can, to some extent, see why people don't I like see. this. I <laughs> see both sides of that coin, to be like, honest. I, like can, I see, like, there's, I see there's good and there's bad, and there's a hell of a lot of it. <laughs> from, from from the view of your bathroom? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I think, I think this broke my TV, too, because my TV just won't start. Turn on anymore. <laughs> it's a bad situation, all, all in all. Think, things, things aren't looking good, Captain. Uh, the real Cody, Alpha, and Federico. Thank you guys for joining us in the chat. Always appreciated. Uh, again, subscribe, like, comment, all that fun stuff, and give us those awesome ratings on your favorite podcasting platform like Spotify and Apple Music and everywhere else you guys can listen to us from. So, uh, kick things off right off the bat. It's the same old, same old, without going into too much details. Heather, Basement, your overall thoughts without getting too specific into Eternals. I actually enjoyed this movie because it reminded me more of kind of the X-Men in a sense. So it's like, okay, you're getting more of that. You're getting more of that old school feel, but it's, there's more behind the explanation rather than just a mutation in the DNA. So I liked it for that reason. Yes, I have my gripes with certain parts of the movie, but but overall, really a pleasant experience. Did OBS disconnect on you? Okay. I don't know why. That was weird. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Uh, basement. One more time. Should have been a TV series on uh, Disney Plus, not a movie. And I think the runtime of the movie kind of proves that point. Yeah, you know what's funny? I towards the end, I actually was thinking the same thing. I can't remember what movie we set, what we which one we set it on. We were like, oh, this would have been a better. This would have been. I'm a not better... talking like, I'm not talking the way that Disney does their TV series half the time, where it's just like the movie cut into small segments. I'm talking like a, a properly structured ten episode television series to give each of the characters enough time to grow. Because like, there's no attachment throughout this movie for me for the characters. They have all these emotional moments that they're supposed to be emotional that mean literally nothing to me. Well, when I heard the announcement about this, I was like, "Oh, okay." So the w the way I figured is that they're 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 implementing a they're trying to establish more lore and will build and world building and like the history of how everything came to be, which all fine and good. Uh but the idea of introducing ten new characters in one movie is like okay. Make make the Avengers. Look what happened with Justice League, <laughs> and those are well known characters. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is the struggle. I'd also say like right off the bat, I seen the director that made this movie. She won an award for a previous movie. I did see it. Nomad Land, I think it is. Yep. It was a woman living in her van. Um, <laughs> You can know. Well, that's essentially what the movie's about. No, I know. It just. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can see, like, this movie looks sometimes a lot like that in terms of how it's shot and stuff. I don't know. It's such a weird pick to direct this movie. 
Like this movie, like you could see her direction style in it, and that's what kind of makes it feel different, which is both good and at times bad. But it's uh, like at least I'll say that you can tell it's an MCU movie, but it's not like the other MCU movies. It does it. No, it, it is not. Really takes its time. It's not action heavy. It's lore heavy. I wish they spent more time developing characters, but I also didn't want the movie to be one second longer than it is. Well, I think and I'm going to say this because I'm first off, I watched this movie mm-hmm. on a really rocky fucking plane ride. I mean, we hit turbulence and I thought we were all going to fucking die. So did basically because I literally was sitting next to the person and I grabbed her turbulence. arm and she's like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't like flying, but yeah, just like you, basement. If you look, I don't think they're not all of the characters characters needed to be developed because I don't think they're gonna do anything with some of them. I agree. The ones, the ones that they do develop, the the, the the Chinese, the Japanese girl, the Cer- Cersei and fucking Icarus. The 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 guy in the, the middle here, he's dead. Right. Spoilers. You never, never say never. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. That's true. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but, um, the, for all intents and purposes, yes. I, I was the sleeping Indian, on the sun. <laughs> the Indian guy, he's another one that they're probably... They kind of did a character development with him, but they're probably going to do more with him. Um, the, yeah, I'm with you, though. I think they didn't need to develop all the characters. Some of the characters that they did develop unfortunately did not work for me like the, the main woman cersei didn't really care for icarus the c- character was interesting ish but didn't really care that much for him either well they're gonna Some do more the side characters her, though. That, so so your cersei is the one in the i don't know if i want to see more with her that's the thing well well they're <laughs> gonna do more with her because i i like this movie i, I didn't it. i didn't like it but I didn't hate it. It's just I it's there it. in the middle somewhere. There's some it. things that are great about it and some things that aren't, but we'll obviously end up talking. I think about the them. Eternals is the develop is you're going to, it's stemming to who's going to be the main bad guy. In the it's a, it's event. too much of a promotional material for future product than it is a standalone film good enough on its own. But it's not, that's just like that's just the way I look. I don't at think it, it is a standalone movie. I really don't. It's it won't be, but I'm saying like it still needs to be in some sense. So, this is this is one of those. Uh, there's a couple of projects that we will, and this is one of them that we'll get into in the MCU that doesn't feel like it's really tied to the MCU, and this is mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, Moon Knight is also going to be like that too, where there's little t- there's little references to the bigger scope of things, uh, or the bigger picture of what's going on, or they'll mention it, but there won't be any like main canonical tie-in. Like right now, aside from the end credit scene, there's really no direct connection uh, to anything going on in the larger MCU, like the the bigger scope of things. Which, in some cases, I argue. Uh, makes it more intriguing to me <laughs> in, in some I cases, think, not always. I think, and you made a mention of it, this is the kind of the problem that I have with the MCU is these movies happen 
for the end credit scenes. Like everybody wants to know what happens at the end credit scenes. See what's next. It's like, eh, or what's gonna happen. It's like if that's why you're going to the movie, then wait for it to come out in Disney Plus instead of going to the damn movie. I understand why you're going to the movie, but if you're going to, if you're just going to see what the next big thing is, then just wait for it to come out on Disney Plus. And you're you're would, missing the point of the movies. And that, I think, oh, go ahead, I think, I think those end credit scenes should be like the cherry on the top. Um, and as time has gone on, they've become a big. The cherry has become bigger and bigger, and the cupcake has become smaller and smaller. And <laughs> it's it's an unfortunate problem that we're like facing in this movie. I do think the when we talked about the end credit scene, there's more. There's value in them. But it, it, like you said, it kind of at times kind of overshadows the movie if the movie isn't like very, very good or good. Well, right, and that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this roundtable is because the MCU has obviously blown up to the to this big gigantic like monstrosity of of cinema that uh, is unlike anything else, with with some exceptions doing it on a, a somewhat smaller scale. But there's really nothing anything else like this in, in modern movies. And so, you know, obviously there's going to be dips. There's going to be some that are going to be better than others. But that's why I wanted to analyze these things individually. Like, how do they stand on their own without having necessarily to tie in? Or, you know, does it rely or does it have to rely on, on X, Y, and Z? Or does it not? And so that's, that's kind of the whole reason I wanted to do this. And to be honest with you, this movie was kind of the inspiration for the idea behind it. Because right. I, my favorite character out of all ten of these people, I think mm. it is. Yes, mm -hmm. he is the Japanese dude. Bro, so I think so fucking funny. He was he, but he he, he Gilgamesh. Was had to be. Yeah, Gilgamesh. Yeah, yeah. Was the other of what's her nuts? Angelina Jolie. I had to take yeah. a bunch. I had to take a bunch of notes for this. Athena. One. Athena. Yeah. yeah. He was the protector of her because he's the only one that could settle, bring her back to reality. Um, Snap back to reality. Ass. Oh, there's always gravity. Oh, they I'm sorry. He was my favorite character. I'm going to say it because I'm not going to be here all night. Spoilers. He dies. I don't think he should have. But I, I understand agree. why they did what they did. It was because he was he. He was her. Center. Center. I would now, rather have seen her say die. This when I seen the trailers for this real quick, and then I'll shut up. I thought for sure Angelina Jolie was going to be the center of attention in this movie, and I thought they did a really good job of not doing that. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I was actually thinking the exact same thing, that they would they would make her, that she would be the megastar, and, and was not the case, which I'm very happy about. It's just I... another character in the movie, which I enjoyed. And that's what all I really want to say. I don't want to see her become the center of attention for everything. I mean, she, she was part of the reason why things happened, but it happened. I mean, they didn't make her, once they f figured out how to fix it, then she just became another, just like side character, which I'm okay with. I, this is why I think, like, I, I'm in agreement with most of what you're saying. It's just, I, I, I do feel, and well, I'm just going to add to it. I feel like she should have been the one that they killed because it would even make, I think it makes more sense within the story since she was the one that was kind of like the road, like or whatever, the, like yeah, what's going yeah. on. 
like her her ideals aligned more with the uh, deviants than killing off him. I think it's only because he's like the actor is just like lovable screen presence. He's got a lovable screen presence that they're like, oh, people are gonna be more emotionally hit by his death. But it's also, I would also be much more invested in the movie if and the, what's gonna follow if I had a character that I'd like that stayed with it. <laughs> Because yeah, I don't really care about Angelina Jolie's character at all. They tried she's, to make the little girl the the emotional center, but it didn't work. Oh my god, that I can't even. That's one of my biggest gripes with this movie. That the, I think she has a very interesting story to tell that doesn't really get told. It doesn't really get shown. It just gets told to us very quickly. Yeah, and that's it. I'm like, well, I kind of seen it coming just by the way her attitude was. Every time she yeah. was around the girl in the green, it's it, just one of those things. So yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I get but, it. I mean, I agree with you. They they didn't really allude to it. And if you weren't paying attention, then you wouldn't get it until something was said. But you, but you the, the problem is the, things. Go the, ahead. the movie doesn't do, in my opinion, this movie doesn't do a great job at holding attention. For its enormous runtime. There are scenes where I just kind of sat there at my phone. Like, it's <laughs> very poorly paced. Yeah, I mean... Man, I was fucking wondering. I had to take a break an hour into this movie, and then I realized it was an hour into this movie. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I mean, I get it, but it held my attention long enough for me to not worry about how long the movie was. It, so, it, 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 I got, I got quite bored watching it. I'll say, there were times where it did have that. Okay, what the fuck are they doing here? Um, a lot of things didn't make sense in this movie as well. Oh, sorry, sorry, Connor. The, my one point that I wanted to make in regards to what you were saying with it not feeling like an MCU movie, mm-hmm. um, and not having like the Avengers and stuff like that. That you can do that if the movie is small scale. Oh, this sure. movie is massive scale, <laughs> and at some point in time, should have had somebody from the MCU show up when a fucking god is coming out of the ocean. So, so the the one there's there's two things I'll note to that, and, and the first is is something I actually will defend the movie on. I'm not saying it does it perfectly, but at least it tries. And then the other the the other like issue that I have with it, which is something we've we've beaten into the ground, and it was something I knew was going to be a problem when they announced this movie was the 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 characters. And yeah, you're gonna have you're introducing ten new characters uh, that have been around for fucking ever, apparently. And 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 interweaving and kind of developing their stories. Not everyone's gonna get the same screen time. I don't know if you guys. I mean, I I've watched it after its after its high point, but Power Rangers that reminds me a lot of it. Where like oh, one I or broke two. That down. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of Power. Not only because they all had colors and talked to a fucking gigantic Floating robot, thing. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that like some characters obviously had a lot more deeper, you know, exploration of who they are and deeper background versus others, which. I, I knew that was going to happen both when the movie was fucking announced. Like, when they're like, oh, here are our ten Eternals. I'm like, well, okay, who's 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 going to the back Dying of the line? <laughs> who's going to the back of the chorus line here? It's Angelina Jolie. Um, but the one thing that I do give the movie credit for, or, or, and I'm not saying it does it perfectly, but they do, they do tr- really fucking try to, like, 
navigate through the timeline and make sure that everything can happen within when they said it was ha- like well why didn't you fucking stop thanos yeah that, that well see that that was one of my issues and they i'm like sort of tackled it so you're sitting here talking about thanos how come you didn't get involved and then they explain why later in the movie. Well, that so makes no fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. They're like, we don't get involved because we're not supposed to get involved in, in man. And then throughout the entire movie, they show how they get involved with man. And it's like even the well, smallest fucking thing. Oh, there's a, a rock going to fall on a girl. He wasn't a deviant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? It was an earthquake. We didn't know that was a deviant. <laughs> the, rule, the rule was... That the Eternals would only interfere in anything that had to be caused by a deviant. And so that's why they didn't interfere with Thanos. Because Thanos was not a deviant. Uh, even right. though that's... But that luckily, it, wasn't, it wasn't explained. But it, but it, doesn't, like, it literally makes no sense for the plot. Their whole idea is to have enough intelligent beings on planet Earth to power this thing. This guy's I'm going to kill half the intelligent beings maybe that's a bit more dangerous than random dogs killing people to, like, to also completely goes against the other the other thing too is and this is just a side note here i mean if you really think about it though too how long was thanos on earth for about an hour yeah it wasn't there for very long but that also didn't help in like any of the i guess they never knew that they were trying to turn back time or fucking go through time and I mean, unless, seem, unless like, some of them got blipped. But they, they seem they too about it. They just they couldn't get involved in it. They seem too like um, big of a part of the history and the lore that they're building around the entirety of the MCU to leave them out of like hugely significant events that happen, especially the Thanos thing. But I can understand. I can understand what it was explained. They weren't supposed to, because essentially they needed. And yes, Thanos snapped his fingers, but then they brought them back, which then in turn balanced out their balanced powers. out, and then this god thing said, "All right, there's enough human intelligence on here where we can create another god," which is Earth was essentially egged. Wouldn't you think that Celestials would know of Thanos Thanos's plan and like, yeah, completely counteracts their plan? And is way more of, of a problem than deviants. Well, I think celestials. Then, but here's in the, here you can argue that celestials then know that they're going to bring them back, so it's not anything. Are right. they? Are they that way? Or we don't know. See, this I is the guess. type of shit that le- that keeps me up at night, and you and you wonder why. Like sometimes I see something like, huh, I, "There's no Pepe Sylvia." Um, <laughs> You could argue that the Celestials knew that with half of the, the, the creations being wiped out, it not only wiped out Eternals, it also wiped out Deviants as well. So maybe it still technically was balanced out. Wouldn't it also wipe out them? Uh, nope. n- well, you know what's funny? It's never alluded that the, that the blip affects gods. Uh, it's at all life in the universe. Uh huh. So I'm I, assuming. I'm, yep. But it's never. I don't know. 
it's uh, like there's like it's a for me it's a huge like oh no i've gone cross-eyed <laughs> no to, to me it's like as someone like just came in and like slapped some flex seal on the plot <laughs> <laughs> let's move on we don't I talk saw about this that. movie it's in half <laughs> it's only about deviants when it has to be about deviants explains the explains the length of the movie they just slapped two movies together and they sawed it in half and flex taped it together but let's talk about a couple of the quick behind the scenes stuff as far as the pre-production because god knows we'll be here speculating about shit for as long as the movie exists um so chloe zhao is the director of the eternals who um I'm, I'm, I'm probably I might be saying her last name wrong or Chow Zhao uh, directed uh, this movie uh, who had also apparently been in running to direct the Black Widow movie as well. Uh, she approached Marvel Studios about making a film that she had been a fan of the MCU. She wanted to work with the studio to bring her own take and world build to the franchise and impress uh, and impress them with a presentation that Kevin Feige described as fascinating with reams of visuals, which I'm not sure what ream what what sort of reams we're getting here. Um, she um, she actually opted into pick Eternals herself, even though Black Widow was her primary choice. Uh, of course, she cited the TV series Ancient Aliens and, and Final Fantasy video game series, the concepts uh, and uh, the concept of uh, Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, and the films of Terrence Malick as inspirations for the film. Marvel considered Eternals to be a perfect transition into its next phase of films, along with projects such as Captain Marvel, allowing the studio to cast a diverse group of actors to portray various Eternals. Moore's initial plan, uh, planning documents for the project, including the swapping of genders, sexualities, and identities in some characters from the comic books, with Zhao further advocating for this approach. Uh, basically, it just keeps kind of going on and on, the fact that uh, this was going to be a big kind of experimentation for Marvel, because not only in terms of what I just mentioned before, but also because, uh, well, no one's ever done an Eternals movie before, and no one's really gotten to, like, you know, dive deep in this, plus Feige was trying to figure out the place in terms of where the Eternals would land in the greater spectrum of the MCU. Um, so... I mean, this is this is a this is a crazy movie. And I have a lot of notes here, so bear with me, folks, because there's you know ten characters we have to keep track of here. Jesus Christ! I, I, I will say, like before we start about the entire movie, the um, I don't know if it's just me, but did you guys feel like there's two like the action is so far removed from the rest of the movie in terms of it doesn't feel like it fits the movie. Like the at times the movie like the when they give it time to like go and grow to be what it is, it's not bad. But then an action scene comes in, and the action scenes are so bland. They're so boring, man. The action is over-the-top boring for me in this movie, where I actually like more so the character-building moments and the introduction to the characters. I think the director excels there and disappears in the action. There is one, one action It's not even a scene. It's a character that I think they did very, very, very well, which was Ma Makari, the speedster. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. They did the, the scene where she's fighting Icarus, right? Yeah, well, in well, in general, because, like, we haven't, like, obviously, like, DC has the Flash, and people complain about how they made him look, both uh, on TV and, you know, Esma, Esma Miller in Hawaii. But um, but in the MCU, we've only had one speedster so far who's dead twice, and that was Quicksilver. So for me, it was kind of nice. I mean, that was probably one of the best like big screen like f 
like speed power adaptations I've seen in a while. But yeah, other than that, I'm with you. The the fight scenes are kind of eh. some of them were not all of them for me. I think right. it has to do with Last the one, um, it was probably my favorite. Yeah, what they were fighting. I did not care at all for the Each deviants. Other. I didn't care for the look. I didn't care for the actions. It seems like a scene I've seen a million times so out before. When they it fought was, each other, it was a bit more interesting. It reminded me of the hounds from Ghostbusters. It reminded me of uh, the hounds from Hellboy. <laughs> There's <laughs> them. Remind me of the hounds from Simpsons. Release the hounds. It remind, you know what it reminded me of? The, the things, the dog-like things that in Endgame. Oh, yeah. yeah the the Chitauri-esque, whatever the fuck those things were. Which never it's just, never it's just anybody. fodder. They're just fodder enemies. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the one deviant. Well, he ends up. I thought he would be the bad guy, but it became. I, I, he just became irrelevant real fast, yeah. for some reason. That uh, they dropped the ball with him, but whatever. But that being said, let's break down Eternals. Now, I I'm gonna do this a little bit of out of order, so just bear with me on this one. Because or not out of order, but. Good show. All right, <laughs> and JP's on. Right. Thanks, JP. Um, so in the movie, we obviously get a modern-day idea of what's going on with the Eternals with occasional flashbacks back and forth. So for the sake of this review and the synopsis, fuck it. We're going to go in the order which the synopsis I have here because this... I have notes on the names. That's about... Because... It, it, yeah. um, Jumps so. around a lot, and not to its betterment. <laughs> No, 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 no. Like Shang Chi, like we said before, Shang Chi was Clear-cut perfect, perfect with those flashback it. scenes. And knew where to put it. This is like doesn't know where to put it. Um, I don't know where the fuck I am after time. So me Saturday. Uh, in 5000 BC, a group of ten immortal individuals descend upon Earth to protect humanity from the deviants. They are the Eternals, who have been sent from their home planet of Olympia. If that's not a little bit on the fucking nose. Uh, on the Domo, pl- by the Prime Celestial Arishem the Judge. Throughout the centuries, the Eternals continue to relocate to other growing civilizations and defend them from the Deviants, although they are barred by Arishem from interfering with human conflicts to allow them to evolve naturally. Two Eternals, Circe and Icarus, would develop a close relationship over the centuries, eventually becoming a married couple. In 1521, the Spanish invasion on the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan runs concurrently with an attack from the last of the Deviants. While fighting them off, Thea's Mod Weary I just read that, uh, causes her to momentarily turn on her allies, only to be stopped by Gilgamesh. The Prime Eternal Ajax offers to cure Athena of her affliction at the cost of her memories, but Gilgamesh volunteers to look over her, conceding with the possibility she may have to be killed if she turns again. Druig, frustrated with how the Eternals have been abstaining from human affairs, deserts them to end the Spanish conflict himself. With the Deviant seemingly eradicated, Ajax releases the Eternals to go their own ways, and in the year since, Icarus would abandon Circes as the other Eternals await their return to Olympia. So... We basically just set the entire stage of the whole fucking movie up until present day, so there's a lot to break down. So, um, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of, of the whole... I, I'm not going to disagree with the eyebrow raising of they can't interfere in human affairs and then interfere in human affairs. So, yeah. 
Especially yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the the bigger thing I think for me is the the concept of the Celestials, which this is not the first time we've seen the Celestials. This is just the first time they've been named. So mm-hmm. we we've seen a little couple of glimpses or heard presence of Celestials. We know that the planet that the collector was in was in the head of a severed celestial we know that ego the living planet uh, good old star lord's dad was a celestial um we've also seen a celestial if you go back to the collector scene where he's introducing the power stones that giant thing that was hitting the staff down and killed everybody that was also a celestial and it's not to be the last time we see celestials we'll see celestials at least one more time uh towards the end of phase four when we get to a good old thor love and thunder but um, Celestials are basically super gods. Because mm. that's, what, that's what fucking MCU needs right about now. Super gods. Um, yeah. yeah. I, like the, I like the design of this specific Celestial. It's pretty simple. Like the, with the big red eyes, six eyes, or whatever the fuck he had. He looked like a big red brick. <laughs> he looked like a walking Lego thing. So... I mean, this is an it's an interesting idea that they're bringing the like, you know, I think we talked about this before basement where it's like they laid out all the movies and the shows for this year or for for 2021. It's like nothing looks like it's going to connect to absolutely anything whatsoever. Everything looks like it's fucking off in its own little thing. And this is certainly another one of them. And so, I mean, knowing now what we know now as far as the direction of where the MCU is going to go. Uh, I think the Celestials are going to play an extremely important part uh, going forward. But, I mean, what do you think about the introductions of the Eternals and Deviants? I mean, aside from the, the interfering with humans bullshit, it seems pretty clear-cut to me. The, the one thing that, um, like, I, I'd say, like, the whole idea of it is fine. It's pretty, like, the idea is clear-cut because it's simple enough uh, where I kind of get tri- got tripped up at the beginning of this movie and halfway through this movie and almost at the end of this movie was the sheer amount of fucking names <laughs> and yeah. like things you have to keep track of. Yep. It would it, this is why I say it and again it would lend itself better to a TV show where you're not boggling like juggling every single one of these all at once. So they're like, and you remember Ajax or Jack or whatever? Like, Who the fuck is that? <laughs> You remember this? No, 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 I don't. No, no. You know who you're talking about? No. That Bob or Frank or Jim or, or Fred. And the, uh, the, the these uh, this moment where they like set the groundwork of the past, especially for the two leads, which I find to be the least interesting of all of them that we get the most screen time of, and they give us the most screen time because they want to establish this relationship that is going to be this big crescendo at the end. Don't buy it. Don't think, see the on-screen chemistry between the two leads at all. Don't see, like, one is just a stiff board. The other one's a stiff board that's a woman. <laughs> Neither yeah, of them the, 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 have the, that going I, for me. I, I didn't feel any, I mean, I don't know if you want to chalk that up to the bad acting, the bad writing, or or the fact that you wanted him to come off that way. But, like, yeah, I was, I was not... I'm sorry I left you five... I'm sorry I left you stand... I'm sorry I fucking ghosted you 2,000 years ago. My bad. There's this uh, guy also, named Price that everybody was talking about, so I had to go check it out. I'd also say like it's okay. They're inherently not bad actors or anything, so it's it's. I don't like just some people have on-screen chemistry and some people don't, and they don't. I mean, she has way more. She has way better chemistry with Jon Snow. She does. Oh yeah, that's right. Now, he's um, in the movie for ten seconds. 
But um, but Heather, what did you think about the setup with the with the Eternals, the Celestials, and the Deviants? I felt it was kind of it was good up until they got to the point of them. No, 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 don't do that. We cannot interfere with their lives. But yet you built the city for them. What the fuck are you doing with that? Which I do like the fact that they actually had a character who's like, you, you guys are fucking stupid. Why why are we not why are we not like helping these people? Yeah. This is what frustrates me. Every second they get, they turn and see, like, the guy that, like, takes people over or whatever. The Every second team. he got, he's like, I'm going to do this. She said not to interfere. I'm going to do it anyway. So you think, like, what, they just stopped doing that when Thanos showed up? Yes. <laughs> like, like the, the movie doesn't lend itself to that idea at all. It, it just, it, it worked. Again, the movie existing in a current universe hurts the movie trying to fit its broken pieces together i i do i i do again i i i attempt i i appreciate the attempt because again it, it it's an uphill battle just from the get-go before you even like tell me anything making the movie is an uphill battle then fitting it into a current universe is an uphill battle yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> trying to make a cohesive storyline with that many characters and that many moving parts so i mean all know basement and i know and anybody who's watched game of thrones we all know that icarus who played rob stark in game of thrones is a damn good actor mm -hmm. they're all good actors and actresses it's just yes. they don't have the time to you need time not even just the time i think it's also the writing for it it's like the writing itself feels rushed well they, they want them to be like otherworldly but they also want their problems to be very grounded in human emotion. How Which... are you going to pull that character off? <laughs> Not to mention the fact Without that... Without time to do it? Like, you got to do all that in 20 minutes of screen time for each character. Good luck. The only ones that show human, any kind of human emotion are Angelina Jolie, um, Garish, and... Uh, the Indian guy. Who's I was gonna say, also don't, don't don't worry about remembering the names. I have to fucking keep referencing them. So you can so, just call them the most identifiable thing about them, and we'll understand who you're talking. About. So Kingo, uh, Kingo is uh, Kamal Nanjiani. Uh, yep, yeah, who is the Bollywood star. So you might as well get this out of the way now and just kind of talk about the characters themselves, cause just to make this a little bit easier for reference, although we're still going to fucking have to reference them. So Cersei is uh, Gemma Chan, who is the one of the main focal point, if not the main focal character. Um, uh, oh, she boring. has... Green. She's one in the green on the thumb on the background picture there. Make this really easy for people. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, and probably... she is boring as shit. She is, she is... a card Box, she has the ability opinion. to transform uh, objects into other, uh, or no, materials into other materials, mostly flowers and butterflies. Icarus! I thought it was like rock into water, but she doesn't understand her abilities at all or something. Like I'm so confused about she her She only character. had 5,000 years to get it right, so fucking uh, fuck, no. fuck this. 7,000 actually by the end of the movie. Oh yeah, 7. Uh, of course we have uh, Richard Madden playing Icarus, who of course has the ability to fly and shoots beams of light from his eyes. That's not a fucking Superman oh, yeah. knockoff. I don't know what it is. He, he, he's definitely a knockoff. He's dollar store Superman. He's he's Homelander from Wish. Uh, yeah. Kingo, uh, played by Kumal Nanjiani, is, um, of course, uh, making a living as a Bollywood star. Uh, he does have these weird uh, abilities to, like, shoot energy projectiles. He's got gun hands. He's got gun hands. <laughs> 
Sure. <laughs> for some reason. Sure. Um, a lot of people had gun hands in this for some reason. Whatever. Uh, Sprite, played by Leah McHugh, is um, is the youngest, yet even though she's like thousands of years old, uh, I believe she has the ability to... She's like an illusionist. Yeah, she right? has the ability like to, to transform or, or to create illusions, of uh, to create optical illusions. I think she can also create like real objects, because at one point in time she does in this movie. I, I was confused about her power once I saw that, because she creates like wood that's real. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, she in like a cabin at some point. And I was like, "What the fuck?" I thought you created, yeah, whatever. Uh, we have Fast Fat, Fastos Fastos, who is uh, the brilliant inventor with a mind for creating weapons and technology. So he's kind of like the engineer and the mechanic in some ca- in some cases. Uh, Makari is the super fast Eternal, uh, who is also deaf, which I thought was an interesting little. Something different, something something unique. It works with her character. It also actually works with her power. It works with her. Okay, a lot of uh, we're not going to be affected by the sound barrier breaking. I got to say, like a lot of the promotional material for this movie was like diversity, yeah, but they didn't need to do that because the movie doesn't like it's diverse movie, sure, but I don't feel at any point in time like they're beating me over the head with yes you gotta love yes. this you gotta it's done a lot more organically and done a little bit more respectfully like it should be in hollywood mm-hmm. yeah there's times where it's like you can pinpoint out them checking some boxes but it's not it's not in any way going it's not hurting the movie or making me feel like i'm being used by watching it or trying to push an agenda on me. It's just, that's the way the character is. Yep. Um, and it works for her. She's a perfect point. She's deaf, but because she's deaf and because of her abilities, she basically, it works with it. I can hear the vibrations in your fucking voice so I can hear what you're saying, even if I'm not looking at you or whatever. So it was kind of, it ties in well. It, it ties in well. No, I, I thought it was very clever. Uh, Druig is known for uh, the ability to manipulate others' thoughts, so basically mind control. Uh, Gilgamesh, of course, is... Uh, I'm trying to remember what his exact power was. Oh, he has the super super fists. He's, he's just really strong. He's strong, man. Super fisting. Uh, of course, <laughs> Selma Hayek coming in as Ajak, uh, who is the at the very beginning, anyway, the leader of the Eternals. Um, trying like to remember what Oh, yeah, her ability to heal. That's right. Uh, and then finally, Thena, played by Angelina Jolie, uh, is basically the she's warrior. the warrior. Yeah, she's like the she's like Xena, warrior princess. She has the ability to create like an energy sword and ha- is probably one of the best um, uh, fighters out of all the Eternals. So kind of going back to what Heather said as far as like the idea of like this is kind of like X-Men. It kind of is. It's kind of like the MCU's like beta testing for the X-Men where you have these diverse characters – of the X-Men. The, so. the characters are the most disappointing and best part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it because I actually really like, I thought the character, um, Drew, Druid or whatever his name is, the guy that could like take over people. Yeah, Man, if you explore that ability and that character, it could get very interesting morally. Mm-hmm. Then you look at the inventor guy and they even, they gloss over something that's so interesting to me of him being like helping establish or build the nuclear bomb and feeling like, um, oh my God, yes. guilty for doing it. Oh, but they just fucking so... snap their fingers and go, and done and well, done it's like it's all these the things that you, the movie uh, yeah that's the that's the problem with the movie great ideas never realized 
<laughs> I do remember that scene. Thank you for reminding me about that. That was like, a good point. That was great. And even the warrior, she's like battling with, I don't know if it's like, she's like mentally fucked up or something. Like something's going on with her where she's like, can't do it. She gets taken over by her thoughts or something. How they explain, I can't really place. How they explain it in the movie and the reason why they wanted to erase her memories because she had too many memories. And that was causing her, spoiler alert, her malfunction. Is it like a PTSD type deal? Because she's like front line fighter? Essentially, much. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, some of the... And they focus on Cersei, who literally has no problems. And Icarus, who's just a fucking blank asshole. See, I, they, essentially, they focused on the two people that married each other consentingly married each other but didn't want to marry each other stupid the, the, the least interesting of the characters even sprite uh i thought had a really interesting story too immortal can never grow up so your your mind ages but your body doesn't and then you're like in that weird position of like she said i want to have a family i want to have kids i want to do this and i'm forever 12 so it's pretty fucked up I mean, they tackled that in uh, the show Invincible, too, kind of, where it's like, I never get older, so I'm going to be a kid forever. And I can't experience any form of life. So, like, her motivations made sense, but it was so, it's literally like two seconds of a scene. The, the more the more and, I think about it, this more you, you're absolutely right that this should have been a Disney Plus show. This yeah. is what I'm saying. Each yeah. character, most of the characters are very intriguing, and they do not have enough time. And then you have uh, Gilgamesh. He basically is in love with Angelina Jolie. They never say it, but he no, leaves everything. Like, um, th this is much more telling. That, to me, was way more telling than what they did with Sprite and uh, Rob Stark. Uh -huh. Because he's like, I had to have Kamal Najahani, or whatever his name is, I had to have him tell me that they were in, like she yeah. was in love yep. with him to yep. get it where yes. in the other way i knew 100 percent he fucking just sacrificed everything to help her yeah like they, they there's, for every great thing they do in this movie they do the opposite <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah eternal wong over there was definitely uh one of my one of my favorites i i thought yeah. it was i thought it was benedict wong have you seen uh down to the character development and the breakdown of the characters in and of itself with their own singular personality his was the best in my opinion I, I like his was the simplest and easiest to do in the time frame which yes. i think is why it comes off as the best the other ones were really intricate and you can only really show bullet points mm -hmm. of their intricacy which sucks uh but i, I i'm, I'm going to grant with you have you seen um train to busan because he's in that and plays pretty much the same character uh, no. No, I yeah so he's the best part of that movie too by the way hmm. <laughs> um now the the breakup of them uh basically comes at the idea of hey we're all in disagreement about our purpose we're all and part of it is fueled by you know the 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 human interference part of it is influenced by like we haven't heard shit from Arishem uh so we don't know when or if we're coming back uh i'm kind of torn about that idea of them like all right we're we're out of here peace but I mean, if the deviants die down, it's like, what else are they going to fucking, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of... Sama Hayek kind of explained it the best at that point. She said, go flourish and create life elsewhere and help bring this world up to where it should be. Yeah. I, I would have preferred 
if this movie kind of focused more on I mean you're there you're on earth for 7000 years at the end the fight with your point of existence and what you're doing because I mean most people question things within their measly 60 to 100 years mm-hmm. come on He's telling me they wouldn't, like, strive to find... And it kind of pissed me off at the end when Icarus was like, okay, I'm going to fly into the sun. You mean you could just leave Earth at any point in time? <laughs> go somewhere else? Yeah, and yeah. you couldn't, like, try to find whatever answers to what's ailing you? Or just fucking sit around for 2,000 years and sulk? To, to be fair, though, I, I think they alluded the, to the idea that they didn't know any more, any better. I mean, yeah, they... they could have they could have left at any point in time but as far as like you know it's kind of they not like emotionally and mentally in some way growing how do they stop that how do they stop experience from happening uh that that would have been a much more intriguing arc for a lot of the characters we'll get there which they do get they they, They do get to a point no they do now what i'm saying is they answer that question a little bit later on but we'll, we'll get there um but we are fast forward to the present day where Sprite lives with Cersei in London. She works as a museum curator with a romantic interest in her colleague, Dane Whitman. One night, Cersei, Sprite, and Whitman are leaving a party when they are attacked by a deviant. They are joined by Icarus as the fight to eradicate the beast, uh, but they discover that it is able to heal itself. As Whitman is left behind, Cersei, Sprite, and Icarus decide to leave for South Dakota in search of Ajax. At her house, they find her body instead, a victim of an earlier deviant attack. As Cersei mourns over the cadaver of their leader, Ajax possesses, uh, passes the sphere she uses to communicate with Arishim to her. With the deviant threat looming, the three decide to venture out to find the other Eternals. So to me, again, despite the whole, like, we won't interfere with humans, pretty, pretty easy to follow the story so far. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was the bad guy right away, though. <laughs> it's just like the the stoic sternness of his character was yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah it's, you're setting up, Brad. And he's like, oh, I just happened to show up. Yep. What's in this the, moment. What's his Ajax blood on my hands? Anyway. Also, he's so much, they're, they're alluding to him being so much more powerful than all the rest of them. So it's like, okay. But, and, and- at the end, didn't they also basically reveal that he knew the final plan because of the fact yeah, that Ajax is guard? I, I, I have to ask the question: Why the fuck did they tell them and tell any of them the final plan? I don't know. And when when they when she gets the my, the my leadership own... role, they take her to tell her the final plan. It's like, what's the point of telling? doing this so unless there was a mission or something that was pivotal for them to be there or pivotal for them to know it for x y and z reasons i i get like if anything i i get why ajax would know because ajax was the leader she she would she would bear the responsibility every day so when when icarus finds out about this as we'll get into later on it makes sense that when she's like no, we need to deviate away from it. He's like, nope, sorry, I'm going to listen to to our boss, and you know, like I, that makes sense to me. Why, Why they would told- you even tell her? Like, it makes my, no sense my, to my me. Only- like for their for their plan, it makes literally no sense for them to tell them. This is the secret twist. <laughs> I mean, Ajax. I mean, uh, what's her name? Cersei eventually finds out. They tell her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But why? 
Oh, he 100% tells her. Tell her, though, until it's almost imminent that the other Titan is being born. Fuck it, who cares? That's also like the. As soon as she, like, inherits the ability to be leader, I don't know why they're telling the leader at all anyway. It, unless it, unless just there's some seemingly. Presence down on the surface to handle giving out the orders. Because how the fuck are they going to know what to do? Kill deviants. Besides that. Um, <laughs> that seems like the only fucking order. No, I know, but I'm just saying is that they have to communicate something. To, I, I don't know. Anyway, they approach Kingo as he shoots his new Bollywood film, who was, of course, hesitant to leave his life of stardom and rejoin the Eternals. He gives in when he learns about Ajak alongside additional encouragement from his valet, Karun Patel, one of the best characters in the entire fucking sh- movie, uh, who also tags alongside them to film a documentary for Kingo. The group locates Gilgamesh and Thena in Australia as the leader, as the latter's weary resurfaces due to a recent deviant attack. After examining Thena's artwork she had painted during her episodes of Weary, uh, that's probably that's the PTS I think. But yeah, yeah. Uh, which visualized memories of planetary destructions in the past. Xerxes uses the sphere she successfully established a connection to Arishem. The Prime Celestial reveals to Cersei that Olympia does not actually exist. Uh, instead, he had engineered the Eternals in the World Forge. He had also created the Deviants to eradicate Earth's apex predators and allow intelligent life to thrive. But a critical design flaw led them to evolve and become predators themselves. So, let's back up here and take this in. We've got, we, we've got Kingo. The most hated part of the movie gets mixed those. What? What? Which part? The, she, she, he just. It's like the, the, here, let me tell you my evil master plan. Well, he hasn't told him the entire evil master plan yet. He told him like, enough to, for anybody to be like, fuck this shit. I'm out. <laughs> you know, you've enslaved me, taken my memories, and threw me on this planet, and now you're about to kill me and everybody here. Or, uh, like, turn me back into a blank slate and kill everybody here. That's like, <laughs> what, how, you, how else are you going to take that? Oh, cool. Well, let me mm-hmm. let me get, let me get let, let me get through. Can't this wait pr- to forget everything. Let me get through this paragraph then, and we'll keep talking about this real fast. So the Eternals were deployed onto Earth to protect the humans, unaware that they were also defending a seed that would spawn the new celestial Taimut, ty- uh, the communicator. Once the population quota of intelligent life was achieved, when that happens, the emergence would commence, resulting in the destruction of the planet and the birth of the said celestial, which would allow for new life and galaxies to form. Afterwards, the memories of the Eternals would be taken from them and studied by Arishem to make way for their next planetary mission. Appalled with the true meaning of their existence, Xerxes informs the others. Together, they realize that Thena's mental affliction was the result of a botched memory wipe after previous emergence. Which is essentially her malfunction, since she is essentially a cyborg. Yeah, for lack of a better for for lack of a better explanation, yeah also just going to gloss over the fact that this eternal being was basically Tony Stark who created Ultron. <laughs> yep. With creating the deviant. Holy shit, yeah, that's, yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was watching this, right? Now, like, at first, I had no idea about the Eternals. Nothing, comic-wise or anything. And I see this fucking big, red, fucking multi-eyed monstrosity, and I'm like, man, that looks like Ultron from What If?, <laughs> but worse yeah. much worse and let me tell you right now there are some celestials in the comics that um 
Oh. <laughs> they are fucking terrifying. Terrifying. Like, I don't know. I'm gonna, I was going to say Galactus, but, like, there's one that's, like... Galactus uh, is a celestial. Okay, so then I am right. And he's not a big cloud. He's uh, that big guy. Or he might be a very... Dark, you right? know what? Now I have to look. I believe he's... There's the, one that I can think of that I'm seeing in my mind from a comic book who is, like, massive. Like, the like this one. But it looks, it looks like... Look, maybe I can't exactly the color of the helmet, but it looked like um, kind of looked like uh, it reminded me of the like uh, remember those uh, those fucking big robots they had in X Men. What were they called? The big um, they, 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 they built them through like Motherhead. Yeah, they, it reminded me of that, just massive. I see. I'm trying to show my screen, but like it's freezing. <laughs> there we go. Yes, that that, that is Galactus. Oh, okay, is he a, 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 a celestial? <laughs> I believe he. Well, I mean, he, okay. I believe in the comics he's either I, I feel, like I planets or some shit. <laughs> Yes, he can. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yes, that's he, what I thought he was. Galactus, the 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 world eater, basically. Um. He, well, here's what I was gonna say. Galactus himself is not a celestial, but he's on a, a close enough level as far as power and scaling. However, the MCU, as we saw from last time in Shang Chi, has been known to to deviate. <laughs> Bad pun. Uh, from sometimes the, the, the comic sources, so who's to say that Galactus couldn't be a Celestial at this point? It would make Very sense impossible. if they're going to include him as one of the main villains after Kang. Mm -hmm. Because they've already introduced the idea of the Celestials, and now we're getting like the background building for them. Like yeah. No matter what, every Marvel... like it, We're doing the Marvel Roundtable, and we want to look at these as individual things. But, but you know, they can't. In the end, you look I, at the I entirety. I didn't say of it. it was going to be possible or easy. I just said it was an attempt. This one's a tough one because a lot of it doesn't seem. It might be better in the long run. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, 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 this doesn't it seem complete. That's the big problem with it. Yeah. Even though it was almost three hours. Oh yeah, that, that's the other big problem with it. <laughs> but Sorry, what I will what I will say is that like despite some of the nitpicking of the smaller stuff in terms of like the interfering with humans and blah blah blah, and the uh, here's my master plan, Mister Bond. I, I felt like the story was at least relatively easy enough to follow. Like okay, this is like yeah, plot points aside, as far as the revelation of this, but as far as like the like okay, we're getting to this and this parts dragged for me, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. But but I felt like the main story itself was it, you know characters were tough to, to tough to kind of sink my teeth into but the overall story was not complex mm. or complicated it was it was relatively straightforward at least to me anyway it, right. it, it wasn't complicated it was here's the team the team doesn't really break up but then it's getting the team back together again that's the whole you son of a bitch part. I'm in <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and, and to be honest with you, it would have been very interesting to see the uh, the time spent apart. Yes, a lot more Each than one of them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Now there is rumors. I think, what the fuck was going on with Drew? Drew, he's like, oh, in the Amazon, 
Yep. Which definitely he, wasn't the Amazon. leader of an entire village and raising that village exactly how he felt that the human that, race should have been raised. That, that was like in the fucking a Canadian forest. I literally <laughs> was about to say the exact same fucking thing. With a bunch of a pilgrims. Forest. Um, but no. It, it, Why yeah, are they dressed like pilgrims? He, he's got their minds. Whatever the fuck he wants to do. Amazon um, is hot as shit. <laughs> They're are all those, like are those, overalls and fucking. Like, are those big, loonies and toon- are those are those loonies and toonies on the on the picnic bench over there? That's a bag of milk. I know where this is. <laughs> the, the sheer amount of pump action shotguns in this movie. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why there were so many fucking pump action shotguns. Every rebel, every fucking rebel, every fucking uh, oh, part of his little society had a pump action. She falls down a cliff. And there's a pump action shotgun right listen, beside her. Listen, listen, listen. It's it's if it, if it if it's like he had a live action version of The Sims and he just did whatever the fuck he wanted. Okay, like just let him. Only one gun in this world, and it's yep. pump action made to perfection. Listen, you can't sit there and tell me that you didn't play The Sims at one point. Put a put a whole family or a couple of people in the house. Got rid of all the doors and windows, and then set the thing on fire. I have. And there was I, there was enough pump action shotguns for me to say. This movie has a lot of pump action shotguns. <laughs> For like some fucked up reason. I should have had to say that. It's like well, a movie about eternal beings that can create weapons. <laughs> a lot of pump action shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> They're eternally grateful. All right. Hoping to delay the emergence, they find Druig in an Amazon Canadian village, uh, more like Amazon Prime, uh, in hopes that he could be able to utilize his telepathy to render Taimut the communicator or Tatmut the communicator dormant, but he is hesitant to help them. At night, they are ambushed by the deviants and fight to fend them off. Icarus and Cersei are v- uh, viciously attacked by one of the beasts, but she uses her powers to transmute into a tree or transmute it into a tree. To everyone's surprise. As Thena begins to fall insane yet again, Gilgamesh rushes to her side. However, this allows the deviant leader Crow to attack him and absorb his powers, gaining a humanoid figure, intelligible speech, and his memories. So there's a couple of things I actually like about that is that number one, <laughs> so much for being eternal. Number two, um, I also do like the idea that the Eternals are are relatively divided and it's not very clear cut either on who's mm-hmm. on what side. I mean, yeah, they're getting together to try to do certain things, but you can still sense the hesitation in some of them. And, and, you know, again, character development in this movie sucks ass sometimes, but I do appreciate that. Like some of them are like kind of reluctant. They may not want to, there's, there's still tension in some cases, which I, I, I do appreciate. I also like the fact that the deviants absorb the powers of uh, when they like basically soul suck out the, the eternals that they get their powers. So, you know... And it creates them, it turns them into a more sentient being as well. And the one thing I will give the Eternals the, the, the credit that is that... goes nowhere. Well, <laughs> the one thing I will say is that the Eternals having unique powers in and of themselves is, I, I like Heather just said, like it's like a beta test of X-Men. But it also makes it intriguing too because not everybody has the same power, which means they all have different strengths and different weaknesses. And so some of them are your, you know, your stereotypical super strength, super speed. Some of them finger bang. Uh and others have, you know, like the telepathy and other stuff like that. Planet. You're a tree, bitch. <laughs> That's all I was thinking when that happened. Was you, you ever, John you ever, Cheadle's Captain Planet. You ever you ever see 
You ever seen the the robot chicken one where like it's fucking Ted Turner dressed up as Captain Planet? He's like, oh god, he's dressing up again, Captain Planet. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but no, I I kind of dug that scene for for that reason. And again, like we talked about before, Gilgamesh's like sacrifice to save Athena, who was extremely ungrateful at the time. That cold-hearted bitch. Well, what she was going through, it made sense really for her to not give a shit. But then she does eventually realize it and comes back to her senses. It's such like, uh, you, in all honesty, if you're going to get rid of a character, then the character they're gotten rid of for, I want to see a lot more from. And I, I'll give it them some credit. They do try to do more with her. It just never lands for me. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's gone now. So I guess I'm just kick-ass warrior again with no... I don't care about the past. I don't care about anything anymore. I'm just a kick-ass warrior. You want an orange fruit, little kid? Here you go. <laughs> that and uh, the, I had to laugh because I'm like, this is the Amazon, right? And then I saw what they did. They CGI'd in a couple trees that looked like they were from the Amazon. And then the entire background was like <laughs> shot in Vancouver. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Now, now I need to see where they where they shot the Eternals. Oh man! Oh, guess my wife. <laughs> but I, I swear that like threw me off, and it like it, they had the cabins in the woods, and like man, this is looking nothing like the Amazon. You can tell me it's the Amazon all you want, but holy shit! And they, they I okay. Am I the only person that thought this? Why would you get the fucking Spe Speedy Gonzalez? Why would you go after Speedy Gonzalez last, considering she could collect everybody the fastest? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, she was they... the hardest one to find, considering she was still on the ship and nobody knew. How did they know where anybody was? Well, Najib <laughs> was the easiest to find. You just searched Bollywood. Oh, Bam! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one guy for sure. The rest of them was just like... Uh, I've heard rumblings about this Amazon community of shotgun-wielding fucking hobos. <laughs> That's him! <laughs> Is it the Amazon? No, it's Vancouver. It's Amazon. <laughs> Actually, I think it, uh... I think it was the Amazon. <laughs> it no, looks I, no, nothing like the Amazon. No, most, mo All right, so, hold on. It looks like majority of the... Majority of the filming took place in actually the UK. Uh, a couple locations in the, the U.S., uh, a good chunk of it in Spain, mostly like the beach scene towards the end, but uh, none of it was in good old Canada. Or yeah, a lot, a lot of Canada Amazon. looks like the U.S. though. But that's where that wherever that was, that's probably where the Amazon scenes were because log yeah, cabins yeah. And, and fucking pilgrims. Like <laughs> what the fuck? That definitely <laughs> screams like North Dakota. Is that <laughs> yeah. right? The, right at the border. There. Aren't they supposed to be in Dakota at the end? South of the South Dakota, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's only where a the, trip where down. The forests are. Um, before fleeing, Crow pledges to kill the Eternals for their actions towards the Deviants. With his last words, Gilgamesh successfully gets Athena to remember who she is, curing her of the affliction. How convenient. The, the rest of the Eternals mourn the loss of their strongest fighter with a cremation, with Athena scattering his ashes in the river. Uh, Druig, this is this is the shit hits the fan moment. Druig proclaims that he is not powerful enough to affect the celestial, so they head to Chicago to seek out Fastos, who had a long abandoned mankind and his technology technological ambitions after his technology was used to create the atomic bomb. Again, with what Basement said, the fucking scene was so fucking good. 
I'm oh. like, well, that would have been interesting to see a bit more of. However, and also yeah. the character, like he, he's second tier, second fiddle comedy. But the character is interesting. Like he, it's a he he downplays his comedy a lot, so it's not like the in your qu- face, yeah, quippy quippy crap. It's not like Najib, where it's just like I am the funny man. Ba- <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, he's very like quiet, almost quiet and subdued, almost. Um, mm. However, he has newfound hope for humanity after finding a new life with his husband, Ben Stoss, and his son, Jack Stoss. He initially refuses to leave his family, but relents after Ben convinces him to fight for Jack's future. Which, yeah, that makes sense, because he was one of the ones in the flashbacks who was kind of like, fuck this and fuck, you know, not helping people. But I do I do love the, going back to that scene, like, he was so adamant about helping humans, and then it, like, cuts to him, like, fucking helping with the atomic bomb. It's like, man... Why? Mm-hmm. Can we get more of like that good? Like just like they allude to it too with him trying to like fast track humanity with the steam engine, and they're like, yeah. nope, we gotta yeah. go back to a plow or whatever, right? So like his, uh, I guess his eagerness to like move people forward also causes a lot of pain. This is the next thing. They're two thousand years of independence. You'd love to see like, the, especially him. He goes on, he finds a fucking lover, and and they have a kid. You'd love to see. What Over those 2,000 years, also being, I have a family, family dies, I have a family, family dies. Like, that is alone going to destroy you mentally, and it's never touched on in this. It would have been so, all the interesting things, it's like, I'll show you a second, and then we'll move on, because we have to talk about deviants, and they're going to be useless in the end. Yeah, yep. of course. <laughs> but that's just that's that's where you have some of the more quieter character building because you had Drulig and then you have this guy. He wants to technologically advance them to better their farming and their transportation and all of that. And then you have you have Drulig who wants to advance their armies and make them better fighters. Mm-hmm. So you had the two opposite spectrums there with those two. So it's that's the team building there. And that's what I was referring to earlier was that like I like the fact that they are not all on the same page even on the same side. They're doing things mm-hmm. for different reasons and it's like just a little bit yeah. more. <laughs> then uh-huh. you you got to give them I got to give the directing and writing enough credit to be like I don't know if you could have done this movie better because they, I mean, they really tried and I, it, I, it was I, always going to be what it's going to be. Unfortunately, unless, like I said, if it was like a series and it was hour long episodes and it was 10 episodes, 10 hours, you can do a lot with, you can, yeah. I give each character an episode and then have the last two episodes be because how many of them, eight of them or something, 10, 10 of them. Okay. Well, I, I, the, the main two give them one episode together. Right. Which they've done throughout this whole movie is they, as they were split up, you still had at least two characters together for the most part. You, you but could, like you could pair up a couple of characters in one episode, and, and yeah, yeah. The, the characters you want to have the most emotional weight definitely give them an episode by themselves, especially the ones that you need to look into. He's one of them because so much goes on on his uh, in his life, and the guy that controls people is just interesting on a moral level to see how fucked up he could get. Yeah, and how fucked up people would look at him for being that way, because that's like one division. Yeah, 
but way worse. Speaking of uh, WandaVision, real quick, I'm not sure if you guys talked about this on the uh, No Bucks Given this past week because of my allergies, but um, Mark Shirkman, who is the director of WandaVision, has been officially confirmed to be the director for the Fantastic Four MCU movie. Doesn't really fill me with excitement. No. Uh, the, the, that show had terrible pacing. <laughs> so I, I like it, it, the show is fine, and it deals with some good uh, problems. But like from a directing standpoint, it's uh, they, enjoy yeah. a little bit of the show. They did confirm that um, the director for Shang Chi, like we talked last week, is going to be the director for Avengers: Kang Dynasty. With the rumor, I believe his name is Ryan Gulage or Coolidge, the director for Part the upcoming yeah. Black Panther movie, uh, is he did favorite. the first one? Mm-hmm. I think I think he did As the well. first one. Yeah, he did uh, the first one. He, he is poised to possibly be tapped to direct uh, Secret Wars. Okay, Which... I, I have no problem with that. I, I'm I'm not super amped by the Wanda director because mm-hmm. unless he unless like I mean maybe he's better at movies. We'll see. <laughs> I would hope so because he didn't do very well with the TV show. Uh, the TV show, a lot goes into it more than directing. I mean, it's not terribly directed. It's the the choices they made on like a writing, yeah. not like writing, but like pacing level, where mm-hmm. you can only do so much as a director. But um, back to this four-hour movie. Uh, heading to Iraq, they retrieve the Domo from an archaeological site and find Makare res- residing in the ship. As they all are imbued with infinite cosmic energy, Fastos proposes they channel their energy into Druig and form a unimind, one meaning one and mind being mind, so that he can take control of the Celestial and stop the emergence. But not everyone is on board with the plan, with Icarus being the primary uh, dissident. When Kingo pledges to remain alongside Icarus up until the end, he recalls his last encounter with Ajax six days prior. Um, She informs Icarus... Excuse me. She informs Icarus that although the blip brought the emergence closer to reality, the heroics of the Avengers inspired her to doubt Arishim's for the first time. But as he remains a firm believer in Arishim, Icarus takes Ajax to a town in Alaska where the deviants trapped in ice were resurfacing due to global warming associated with the emergence. He pushes her into the path of Crow, who absorbs her life force and gains her hyper-regenerative powers. Icarus then takes Ajax's bodies back home before breaking down over what he had done. So the final big reveal has happened where Icarus is the bastard behind all this that no one saw coming. It was written on the wall, man. I know. The, 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 the one good thing is, like, he's not really a bad character. He's, he's, just, like, he's like a he's good soldier, but a bad person. Yeah, he's a good soldier, yeah. bad person. Um, and he's unwavering. I mean, in some cases, he's fucking Captain America. <laughs> Mm-hmm. unwavering for the cause if the cause is bad then and he doesn't see it whatever but um i liked us again another thing that this movie like outside of the diversity they bring in <gasps> global warming but they don't be like because of mankind's failures yes. the world is global no because we're about to fucking birth a monster that's been stealing energy from the planet <laughs> Like, this is the type of thing where they allude to, like, this is how it should be done. Yeah, they're and alluding to, to the apply. issues in the situation, but not making it an agenda-driven point. I mean, you have the, you have the guy that's, uh, the, the thing is, he's, he's a gay man, but he's not a man, and he's 7,000 years old. At some point like, in time, he probably got sick of vagina. 
<laughs> so like, maybe it's just like you know, it, it's it's just it's not it, it's not. Hey, have you Imagine seen it? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? I know. He is an engineer, nuclear ass blaster. I had that earlier. <laughs> anyway, let me show this to you guys with my rings. <laughs> Can you imagine that the ten rings are revealed to be Fastos's? Yeah, that's what I hope. Fingers crossed. Like they're, but they're on my arms. She's like one way to link this together. <laughs> That's why they, when Wu comes back, that's why they smelled. Uh, Cersei now senses the commencement of the emergence, prompting Fastos to send Makare to find out, to, to find Tymut, or Tymut, uh, who is at the volcanic island in the Indian Ocean. Druig des, uh, deduces Icarus's role in Ajax's death, and Cersei learns that he was made aware of their true mission by Ajax centuries ago. Ugh. Icarus uses that in their, uh, argues that it is their duty as Eternals to protect the celestial cycle of life so that the universe may continue to exist. When Kingo threatens to attack Icarus, Sprite decides to leave with him. As he does not want to face Arishim but wishes uh, not to fight his friends, Kingo also departs along with Karun. God, I love Karun. Athena uh, convinces Cersei to continue Ajax's mission as her successor and prevent the emergence from eliminating all of mankind. To facilitate the Unimine, Fastos takes Cersei's communication sphere and disassembles it to construct bracelets for the other Eternals to wear. Um, so this goes back to the whole idea of he's not wrong, he's just doing what he was told to do. Again, good, good soldier boy up in the hay, watch me... Watch me read. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't work for me when you when it's seven thousand years of that. As as like I mean, there's just not there's not enough there. His character is very. I can't believe his character is seven thousand years old. Let me just say that, with with being like so black and white for that long and seeing so much of mankind turn against each other and everything like that. Like they they were there for every fucking atrocity and it's like, nope. I'm unwavering in everything all the time, constantly. I didn't really get that enough to be like, okay, I guess he's going to throw all of his family away for some big robot. And it's like, I'll be okay if all I remember is you. You're not going to remember her, you dumb shit. You're, gonna, you're not going to remember anything. <laughs> uh, it like... It, it's, he's infuriating. This uh, the kid is infuriating because he's acting like a spoiled brat. <laughs> this is the problem with this movie. As to I, why she's acting like a, a spoiled I, brat. I, as soon as like we get the idea that they're seven thousand years old and they act like teenagers, mm -hmm. I just like what's going on here with the whole we got to break up before we set things right at the very end of the movie. It's like, come on, man. In 7,000 years, you learned how to be 12. Cool. Isn't this mind-blowing entertainment? That, that like, just enraged me at the very end of the movie. I was like, I kind of don't care anymore. I hope the fucking thing emerges and kills everybody. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, I was actually rooting for the Celestial. Um, 
At the island, Cersei, Thena, and Makari lend their energy to Druig to allow him to connect with Tymon, but Icarus blasts uh, him into a hole and destroys the Domo, determining, uh, which is their ship. Determining that Cersei's matter transmutation powers are their last chance to stop the emergence, Makari, Thena, and Fastos confront Icarus to give her cover. Crow attacks the Eternals and nearly kills Makari, but Fastos knocks him into the cave where Thena follows him into. Sprite projects an illusion of Ajax to distract Cersei uh, before stabbing her with a dagger. Ouch. As she is constantly mocked for her childlike stature, Sprite in, uh, envies Cersei for being uh, able to live a full life amongst humans, hoping that the emergence's aftermath would allow her to be reborn as a full-sized life form. Drig recovers and knocks Sprite out. I actually did laugh my ass off at that scene. Says, thank, thank God. He is unable to utilize his powers against Titan again, forcing Cersei to face it alone as the Celestial begins to rise from the Earth's crust. Um, so shit's hitting the fan, folks. Crow impersonates Gilgamesh in an attempt to take over Athena's mind, but she is able to resist him and kills the Deviant. I could have sworn this is where Athena was going to get killed. Uh... Fastos manages to restrain Icarus and prevent him from using his powers momentarily, but he eventually breaks free and flies away to stop Cersei. However, he is emotionally unable to bring himself to harm her. Remembering their time on Earth and the love they shared, he surrenders. Despite this, Cersei still doesn't have enough energy to kill Tymon. However, suddenly something unites all the Eternals, including Icarus and Sprite, into the Unimide, attaining enough energy to allow Cersei to... Uh, I almost skipped a sentence, which would be fucking weird. Allow Cersei to transform Tymon body into marble guilt-ridden oh, Icarus... that's what happens yep. yep i thought they just froze him. i thought it was ice too guilt-ridden icarus apologizes to cersei before f... <laughs> flying away into the before sun before fleeing <laughs> earth flying directly into the sun fastos this speed don't back <laughs> he got to the sun in 10 seconds holy fucking christ <laughs> the fastest man alive and we know that's not true from seeing him fly earlier fastos deduces that it was tatman itself that initiated the unimine this was always the way for the eternals to survive destructions of planets but this time it resulted in the celestial's death having retained some energy from the unimine cersei fulfills sprite's wishes and transmutes her into a human to allow her to grow up um, like fifty percent of the words you said weren't words. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the Unimine goes to Ajax and the Doko and the Dika. <laughs> so, here's where I think this is just this whole thing's fucking plot convenience. I mean, yeah, they wake up the it is. Nope. So to save their own lives so that their memories can be wiped, they can link up with the Titan that is being born. Mm -hmm. Well, so according to, so what I understood from this was this happens all the time, right? They cycle through Eternals, Deviants, and planets, and, and they and they, they bring about Celestials every time. They birth new Celestials. The so from what is plot convenience. What? The entire movie is plot convenience. I'm not going to lie. It happens so often in this movie. Fair. So, so when the Celestial is being born, it unites the Eternals together and creates a power enough for them to survive the planet's destruction so they can fucking do it all over again. And get back to the World Forge and be reborn. Yep. <laughs> That's a, that, is, that is a little too convenient even for me in this movie. 
that is where my brain hurts because it's not until they all end up back on the beach that Mofes is the one who reveals Mofes? that. That's why it worked. It's just I don't know. What? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it's a little it's a, yeah it's just like oh I didn't know I was like, it's like all right I, you know what let's just I'm almost done with the movie. <laughs> the, 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 the the deviant king also shows up. He's the fastest swimmer in the world because they're flying around in Dogo or whatever the fuck the Dromo, whatever the gigantic Dorito they fly around in is. Domo. Yeah, that's fast as shit. We the thing is like this guy flies into the sun. You know how long he'd have to contemplate his own death, and, not and it's just like I decided to leave Earth. Oh, and the sun is right beside Earth. Like what the. F- like, yeah, the, the movie should have ended, the end credits should have went on, and it should have been like, sometime in 2035, <laughs> he crashed into Earth, or into the sun. Like, it, it, that's, like, come on. It happened in two seconds. Yep. And he got beat by the speedster. Because she was Correct. fast. All right, fast. Uh, just want to say that. Uh, the uh, Celestial <laughs> coming out of the... <sighs> The ending is just a mess of convenience oh, let's, and let's talk about CGI. Let's talk about this, yeah, let's let's talk this talk last about part here. So two weeks later in good old South Dakota, Thena, oh, Makari, God, no. and Druig depart for space on the Domo, which had been repaired by Fastos, in search for more oh, Eternals and tell them the truth. Back in London, Sprite bids goodbye to Cersei as she moves out with Kingo to attend school. Cersei is out on another date with Whitman, and when Arishim, uh, or yeah, Arishim, dramatically appears outside of Earth's orbit, in front of everybody, uh, for sabotaging Titmut's emergence, he abducts Cersei, Fastos, and Kingo to evaluate their memories for final judgment of the humans, sparing them for now. Why does he only get those three? Where is all the other superheroes during this and during the fucking? Because he doesn't give God a shit coming out of the water. He sh- oh well. <laughs> first, <laughs> so first off, um, who else is there? Uh, well, the this is after Endgame, right? Hmm. So everybody. Everybody. Except for Black Widow. <laughs> well, and Iron Man's gone. Cap. Well, Cap hasn't re. Really, the only person who. Where's Captain at- Marvel? Off world. <laughs> course she's always fucking off world however i you know i i will say you know what i will call shenanigans on is like there's one character who should have seen or or interfered in something or dr strange there we go Mm -hmm. that's the one character that a lot of times it's like because like oh what's what's falcon and winter soldier gonna do against a fucking lego brick monster like uh erisha um but that's the reason he's already seen them he's already seen the movie with the time stone and he didn't want to go back see it again (laughs) Seriously, I'm oh, staying shit. out of this. I don't mind if somewhat emerges out of the ocean. Can you imagine I don't mind if like, a gigantic red right. man shows up Here in space? No. <laughs> um. So we also skipped over the emergence of two characters. The emergence of two characters. Uh, I've got some emergence in my pants right now. Are we, talking, are we talking about the end credit scene and post credit scene? I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. The, the, so okay. No, no. Before we go there, like, are you gonna talk about the red man, the big robot, and his decision to be like, "I'll be back." 
Yeah, why, why does that make why does that not make make sense? Why does it make sense? Because he's like, you guys stopped what was supposed to happen. Now I need to determine whether Earth is, should be saved or not, and I'm going to use your memories of Earth to make that decision. And also, JP kind of alluded to Jon Snow or Kit Harrington turning into the next bad guy, considering it was Cersei, his lover, who was kidnapped right in front of him by this giant creature. Yeah, but like the the idea that he's got to like show up, make this big show, fucking only take three of them, then dip well, out. It's okay. like what? Oh, it would take him like a long time to look at oh, things. Oh, Didn't he already on. plan for Earth's destruction? Now he's got to be like, I didn't see what was happening with Earth. Three of them are dead, first of all. <laughs> if you want Icarus, go pick him out of the sun. <laughs> Can you imagine? Ah. Ah. Well, is, is, the, is the little girl just a person now? Yes, she she's human. So there's only oh, yeah. six Eternals left in existence. Three of them already left the planet. They're on the Domo. Thena, Makare, and Druig, they're it's already off-world. giant space being that can teleport. Hmm. So he probably would have picked them up too, right? And then, well, he, if he knew where they were. Well, I believe that he doesn't know where they are. <laughs> How, well, he, would, he would have grabbed them if he knew where they were. And so far, we don't know if he actually saw them and grabbed them. Yeah, so We don't know enough about this gigantic no, teleporting we, we, robot. We, we know that they, they ran into somebody else, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but yeah, it's assumed that he doesn't know where the other three are, so he only grabs the Eternals that he knows where they are. But like, what's... I'm so like, the, okay. The thing that pisses me off is he already had slated for Earth's destruction. Uh-huh. They thwarted Earth's destruction. Yes. So, and them thwarting and disobeying, he's like, "I'm gonna take you with me." Mm-hmm. I am. He, he says, "I'm not going to destroy Earth," and then I'm no. gonna take you with me. He says, he... "I've halted the destruction of Earth or whatever." Like, yes, something to, along uh, those until, lines. Until final judgment of the humans. So, why didn't he? Why? Why is he doing that now, and if not before? Because, like, because there's never because, been a time. There's never been a time, as far as we know, that the Eternals have stopped an emergence before, and so he's like, "Well, maybe there's a reason why they they felt compelled to do so." Yeah. They're either like didn't really have a reason to pay attention that heavily to Earth. Pretty cut, cut and dry to me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. He didn't have right. a he didn't have a will or a wherewithal knowledge to pay that much attention to Earth because the Eternals were there taking care of everything, so he thought everything was under control. If, if he's this giant god being like like my problem is I don't know anything about the extent of his powers. I have given like where I'm going is he, he knows fucking hell of a lot. He's got to know a hell of a lot. He's got to be like om, omniscient almost. So, like, he's going to take these three people and do, like, I'm going to look through your memories. He's going to suck them up and put them in his suck hole where the rest of the memories are? Yes. Okay, so this is what they allude to. I hope he destroys planet Earth, because I would. What? (laughs) Hope he destroys planet Earth. Comes back and... Hey, listen, Secret secret Wars, anything can fucking happen. Um, In fact, Kang Dynasty, anything can... Anyway... Um, fuck. We could we'll, we'll talk about incursions when we get to Doctor Strange. Um, the concept is that that the Celestials send out 
uh, Eternals and Deviants to clear a pathway for the emergence of a new Celestial to be born. To our knowledge, we don't know that this has ever been interrupted before. As far as we know, every, this always happens, right? Uh, so, this is the first time that, as far as we know, that Arisham has been aware of that the, the, the Eternals that he sent to uh, Earth, because there are more than just the ten Eternals that we've seen, they've said that pretty cut and dry, that this is the first time that we know of where Eternals have refused to participate. Right, to participate or, or follow commands. So in Arisham's mind, he's like, hmm, well, let me scan your memories and see what's going on here. Maybe this planet's worth saving after all. Maybe there's other reasons why we shouldn't be destroying it or not doing the emergence or whatever. That's what I got from it. And okay. considering that he doesn't know where the other three that left Earth are that we'll see in the mid credit scene in a second. And Pip is no longer a, or not Pip, what the fuck's the name? Um, Sprite. Since Sprite's no longer an Eternal, she is now a human being. There's only three Eternals on Earth. So, yoink. Or he's assuming they're dead if they can't find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Just, uh, <laughs> <nah>, no. <laughs> That's what I got from it. And again, a, a chunk of this is based off of assumption, um, which is why the place in this whole movie or in the MCU is a very big head scratcher. But anyway. I, I think it's like, I think it's the unknown power scaling yes. of a character that's on, that is so unknown that to me is going to be like, if I get more information, then I could probably accept what's happening. It just seems like, a very powerful being using a very rudimentary way to get things. Think of the Celestials as the gods on Mount Olympus in Greek and Roman mythology. Yeah, I, no, I, it's definitely clear that's what they're going for, yeah. Then I've done all I need to do. mid credit <laughs> scene. Athena, uh, Makare, and Druig are visited by the Eternal Eros and his assistant Pip the Troll, who offer their partnership to help him find Eternals. Of course, it should be noted that Eros is specifically noted to be the brother of Thanos. Oh, brother of Thanos, that's right. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Does it really fucking matter right he, now? Is he a joke character? No, but he is extremely flamboyant. He is like okay, that's what, that's Tyler, what Tyler Breeze. He's Tyler Breeze. Yeah, that's... I got the joke character vibe because... Yep. First of all, how he looks and how the he acts and everything. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, there has been rumors, uh, and Pat Oswalt said straight out, like, "Oh, they've confirmed Eternals too." They haven't confirmed Eternals too. Um, but this could this could tie into a couple of different things, as we mentioned before, as far as bigger picture of where it could fit into the MCU. Galactus could very easily happen, where if like Gal if they send Galactus to be the world eater to eat the planet, and there's there's your Fantastic Four villain, there's your tie-in there. Um, you know, take your pick. The, the the Eternals have been through any point in history, so you could use uh, them as a as a backdrop for an excuse to interject whatever you you want to uh, to do. So there's also been rumors that this is not how the mutant gene gets introduced in some case uh, with like the deviants because in the comics uh, celestials created planets, but they created 
Eternals, Deviants, and Mutants. So there's a chance that that might be the piggyback way for them to do that too. So take your fucking pick. But my personal uh, opinion, the post credit scene is a little more interesting. So we see Dane Whitman opening an old chest inherited from his ancestors that contains the legendary Ebony Blade. When an unseen person questions him on whether or not he thinks he is ready for it, which they have confirmed that that voice is Blade. I thought it was Samuel Jackson, to be honest. I thought so too, but no, they confirmed later on that that is indeed um, Mershahal... No, I can't remember his name. is Mershahal Ali? Yes, who uh, is Blade. So what that referring to is that Dame Whitwin uh, is picking up the Ebony Blade, which would make him become the next Black Knight. And he's white. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Uh, I mean, if that if that leads into, uh, I guess, him being part of the Blade movie, I wouldn't be against that. That, to me, looks like a good pairing. I like uh, Kit Harrington and I like Mashallah Ali, so, so far, so good. I don't mm -hmm. know if he's a bad guy or a good guy, but I'm going to assume he's not good. Uh, he kind of... Like, really, he's a good, fucking... He seems like a good character. Like a good it goes guy. back and forth. It goes back and forth. It depends on who he's fighting. Is, it, is it like some sort of possession thing going on? Or... Okay, that's what I figured. Mm -hmm. uh, Enchantress from DC? Yeah. I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's kinda, what I kind of got with the blade yeah. being like focusing on his fingers and trying to like trying to get him to pick it up so it's going to be like a fight between him and the blade him being good the blade being evil i'm assuming something to those lines i would imagine yes. you mean the sword or the character <laughs> hey <laughs> i would agree with you though i think the second um the second post the actual post post credit or whatever the fuck you want to call it is more intriguing indeed because the other one just like i don't know this movie kind of reminds me at times of shazam just worse no I, I get where you're coming from on that one and that ladies and germs was the eternals uh a movie that our good friend rest in peace bob it said was absolute trash which i i can't say it's trash but i can certainly see why people wouldn't like this um i'm gonna start off with heather this time as we're gonna wrap this one up uh overall thoughts in eternals and uh what would you give it a lovely rating out of 10 <laughs> It's like I said at the beginning of this. I enjoyed it for what it was. Yes, there's going to be things in this that are going to be nitpicked. And then there are things that are just outright should not have been in the movie. And, of course, it should not have been almost three hours long. But... <laughs> at ten. I, I, I did enjoy it for what it was. Plot holes and all. Plot convenience and all. Uh, at the end of the day... Again, saying this is part of the uptick of Phase 4, even though we're getting close to the end of Phase 4. <laughs> I would stick this around 5, 5.5. For a right. rating. Sounds, sounds about fair. Basement. <laughs> I got All right, it. good talk. But... <laughs> The, the the biggest problem with this movie is I was bored by this movie. I, I think that's like the cardinal sin it commits. Because as entertainment, it shouldn't bore me. Mm -hmm. um, 
other than that, like there's there's some great like establishing shots that they use, and that's the credit to the director. There's some great character moments, but every character moment is like heavily circumcised. Yeah. <laughs> um, story's kind of all over the place. It's it I can follow it, but it's still all over the place. Pacing is weird. You get like ex- there's a lot of like exposition and talking, and then there's like a very longer than needs to be action scene because the action is boring uh for the most part in this movie uh the acting is worse than it should be and good when it at that points and better than it should be at points so it's like all over the place man i'm probably gonna stick to like i gave black widow in the end i think i gave it like a five this is more important to the development of the mcu i can see it already than black widow is I enjoyed watching Black Widow more than this, but this has, it's a better, just, there's more implications. Cinematically, it's better. Black Widow. Cinematically, it's better and grander, and it has more interesting ideas, so I will give this a 5.5. I will actually go to the 6, and the reason I'll go to the 6 is because I think that with all the things that it had going against it, that even just announcing it, we knew were going to be tough. I couldn't have done this better. Shit. With, with, with they really could. <laughs> right. And so like, I, I can't fault. I can't fault anyone specifically. Obviously it's, we're, we're basing the movie off being a movie. Um, but you know, <laughs> you kill off three characters. It's a good start. <laughs> um, but but they they did. What's that? I didn't care about any of them. I mean, Gilgamesh is probably the only one I really cared about because yeah, just the, no, but, but, he had like but, ten minutes of screen time. I'm that's hey, that's listen. That's all, all you need is th- all you need is thirty seconds of love is what I'm was I've been told uh, to make myself feel better. Uh, but I think given what they had in terms of limitations, I think that they had. I wish there was more in obviously a lot of the characters, um, but I had favorites and there was, th- th- there was enough uniqueness to them that I could sort of get invested in them, but not like heavily, heavily invested to them. Like they had, each of them had their own unique trait of personality. There were other aspects and concepts that I actually enjoyed, like the different, the differentiation in powers, um, the fact that not all of them were on not only the same side when it came to certain topics, but the, but they were on the same side for different reasons, which I thought was also crucial. So it's not like very, it's not black and white across the board. There is areas of gray with with some of them, not all of them. Um, I thought the story for the most part was pretty easy to follow. Like I mentioned before, it wasn't too too complicated until you start to try to fucking think about certain aspects of it. But that's that's beside the point. But I think that this movie, I can I can very easily understand why people did not like this when it came out. I think it's starting to get more love now um, that things have, you know, time will do that to you. Um, But it is definitely not the formulaic MCU movie that we have all known to grown. I don't want to say love, but got accustomed to. Uh, And that's both a positive and a negative to this movie, which is not going to be the last time I'm sure. But, but um, I think it's, it's kind of like the dark world in the sense of like people shit on it. And I don't think they're, that they're really looking. There's more to enjoy with this film than I think people are giving it credit for. 
Yeah. It would be better when the universe is built out a bit more. Um, That's true too. We are we are we are recording this towards the the final final stages of of phase four, not knowing what the future of the Eternals holds at this point in time. So, you know, you never know. One thing that I did, like, because I finished this movie a couple hours before we did this, right? So I, I went. Uh, no, a couple hours to give it more. I, I looked online at some people, like the, what their uh, pros and cons were of the movie, and I looked at a couple articles. But one that I really thought stood out uh, was: you'll go to watch this movie, and everybody that leaves the movie has an equal chance to come out saying this was their favorite character, and it will probably be different. Mm-hmm. or somewhat yeah. different you know what yeah. i mean and that's that's something that they should be proud of after making this because that is a very difficult thing to do without established characters and a cast as big as this is yep and i mean the, the, like like we've talked about the characters and i'll say it again best and worst part of this movie yeah 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 you're not wrong <laughs> you are not wrong um but that being said folks that is going to do it for the eternals uh, here on the Marvel Roundtable. I want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, live here on the channel. Of course, listening on the playback on your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you guys go check out all the other cool content we've released. Uh, another episode of No Bucks Given in the can as well. Um, <clears throat> one that I still need to personally recover from. And we got some other cool content coming at you this week, which uh, we will not disclose. You'll have to subscribe and figure out what the hell we're going to have because you never know. What's going to happen on this channel? So make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the bell so you're notified every single time. Uh, I want to thank Heather and Basement as always for joining me on this perilous journey here on the Marvel Roundtable. Uh, guys, any last minute uh, things before we wrap it up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Too long for a movie, not long enough for the content. I did. I, I did. It's I, weird. But... I, I, <laughs> it's a weird combination, but definitely I agree with you if they've gone with the series and it's. 10 to 12 episodes to get everything out. Yeah. What is perfect. Can't disagree with that one. Um, so again, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it. Thanks to Heather and basement for joining us here. When we come back on the Marvel round table, we are going back to Disney plus shows. This time we are going back to the street level. We are coming out from the stars and going back to the roots of where, uh, we see our favorite arrowed Avenger get together as we see both the past with Clint Barton and the future with Kate Bishop. As we explore Hawkeye.